0: Friends, it is the first moment of the church year, and the Apostle Paul has a word for you and for me from Romans 13. He calls for a beautiful human community, and he starts off with a simple reminder love one another this year by following the commandments, and in that way, fulfill the law. But then his his voice dropped down into a dramatic whisper, and he said with passion besides all this, besides all this obvious love for your neighbor stuff, You know what time it is. It is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to you now than when you became believers. When Elmira was talking about Kairos earlier, it's that kind of intensity. It's the time. You know what time it is. What did Paul mean by salvation is nearer? Did he mean the second coming of Jesus is closer, chronologically speaking, than it was 20 years prior when Christ died, rose, and ascended? And what exactly did he mean by salvation being nearer? Did he mean Christ will return to reign soon and that is salvation? Did he mean the full restoration of all things with no more death and dying is about to happen and that is salvation? Or did he mean there will be more salvation as in more daylight and less darkness with each passing year? The gap between night and day is closing. The way of heaven is getting nearer. Did he combine this with the love your neighbor statement so as to say, be found loving your neighbor well, for the time is near. What did he mean exactly? And was he right about any of it? Given that 2,000 years have passed, can we still claim these things and hear for ourselves and our world genuinely Paul's dramatic whisper, Wake from sleep, salvation is near. On this first Sunday of Advent, I want to say I'm with Paul on this. Salvation is near, it's very near. And I believe it because I've seen people preparing their tools that have been crafted by the light of the inbreaking day that is out ahead of us. Let me tell you what I mean. Let me share with you what I've seen. Justin Mitchell was here at first service, so I could say this with him present, and I have his permission to share this. One of our dear friends, an elder in our church, Justin, just completed a professional course this week. He is now a certified peer recovery specialist, something he's been working on. Justin has openly shared here about times in his past when substances disrupted his life, and he shared that journey in a context of how God stepped in and Justin responded, and how relying on God with the support of others, he overcame the struggle, coming to to a new understanding of himself in this world. For Justin, the night in terms of substance use is far gone, Salvation has been near and now. The daylight that was out in front of him in a promised, fully resurrected future that he, like all of us, has not yet fully attained, boomerang salvation back his direction from heaven to earth, animating Justin for a full and beautiful life here and now that we've gotten to enjoy with him in this church for years. But these past few months... While balancing single parenthood and painting profession and a million other things, Justin has claimed the time is now for others, too, by going through a program of preparation, developing a tool for implementing light for others who still find themselves in addiction's devastating grip. And what a gift to see in my inbox this week, Justin's resume with these new credentials included. Justin took the best of his natural communication talents, his love for study, and this time of shadow in his own life, and he let the God of light help him to craft all of that into a tool for implementing light for others. I can't wait to see what God might have in store for Justin in terms of opportunities to serve in this capacity. The value of this particular tool for implementing light around substance reliance made me particularly emotional this week as I and and many in this town have been grieving the recent death of a wonderful 21-year-old woman who could not find her way out of the struggle. And while Justin's preparation will not, of course, help that particular grieving family, I saw some light in the darkness this week for our community because Justin claimed the salvation of God's in breaking new day of recovery for life on this earth and is in that way Helping bring the daylight close for others. If you look at Romans 13, verse 12, right after Paul tells us to wake from our sleep, Paul says, Let us lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And the interpreters translate the Greek word hoplon as armor. But another legitimate translation option for oplon is tool or instrument for implementing or preparing for a thing. In a sentence that is contrasting oplon with works of darkness, I don't agree that the best translation is armor. Works of darkness versus armors of light. Why would light, which is stronger than darkness, be defined by a word that's just about how you dress to be on the defensive? Though the darkness may pummel us, our armor will protect us? No thank you. I prefer the more active translation that would suggest that we are to develop from God tools for implementing the way of the light, to challenge and undo works of darkness. When the same word, oplon, is used in Romans chapter 6, it is there translated as instrument of righteousness. Sometimes armor might be a good and necessary tool, a tool to protect us against darkness. But it seems to me that armor is just one tool of many in a toolkit being offered to us from the in-breaking day of salvation. When Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came close into a world shrouded in obscurity two thousand years ago, he didn't show up in armor. He showed up in vulnerability, and with creative tools to reach the widow, the child, the hungry, the poor the tax collector, the soldier, the priests, the fishermen, the grieving, the self-righteous. He offered relevant teachings and storytelling prioritized necessary healings and offered new opportunities for service and guidance for being free from various constraints. He raised up texts from the prophets of the past and he offered new and fresh teachings that seemed to bubble up straight from inside. Jesus Christ developed and utilized lots of aplons, tools, to introduce the day, the new day, the dawning of salvation, the kingdom that he said was arriving among them already even before his death and resurrection. And in and through his death, resurrection, and ascension, and in the dramatic outpouring of the Spirit, Jesus asked all who followed him to start living as if the new day had begun, to develop their tools from the light for implementation of God's good future in the here and now. It was breaking in. And that's what Justin Mitchell's been up to. Developing a tool from the light in order to bring in more light. And it's what Wendy Yeager's been up to, too, this week. And I thought about Salvation being at hand after she showed me a couple pictures while sitting at lunch a few days back. Wendy showed me a couple of pictures on her phone of a group of refugee women, mostly senior citizens from a variety of countries who have arrived in the last few months or even very recently, grinning ear to ear as they shared with each other pictures that they had drawn. In Wendy's English language learning class, they'd received a bit of history about the first American Thanksgiving, the story of us of new arrivals and native peoples together having a meal. And then they also read together a children's story called How Many Days to America that told the story of a refugee family leaving Cuba in a small fishing boat arriving in America on Thanksgiving Day. Wendy shared the stories both had a mixed meal as a centerpiece, and and she asked the women to think about them for a moment. And then these mostly senior women drew pictures of what would be on their own Thanksgiving plate if they arrived and had a Thanksgiving plate that combined foods that they love from their land with food from this land. And the joy on the faces of these women doing these drawings and sharing together in light of the stories that they'd received and sat with, I could tell from the pictures that this had been life-giving. English language learning shared creatively in utilizing various forms of art. An aplon, a tool from heaven, I would say. A tool to help usher in the day. Salvation is coming. And I saw salvation again this week, friends, at the table on Sunday night. The table is our community meal served every week. Jody Bischoff donated a ham. And she said we could do with it what we wanted. She thought it was going to go to a family. I did, too, until I realized that those wonderful catered restaurant meals were ending until January. We've been relying on this incredible restaurant deal to feed the table every night. But now I had a ham. And she brought a turkey, too, from a colleague. I was nervous about who was going to cook. A lot of people have a lot of cooking on their agenda this week. I was especially worried because so many new immigrant families have been coming on Sunday nights that the numbers have been growing to 50 plus. I called a woman named Wendy from the Chinese church, which worships here and has worshiped here consistently for longer than Pastor Stephanie and I have been here, every Sunday afternoon. She's writing her dissertation, so this was risky, but she was thankful to have a break from the table for the... She was thankful to have a break from helping with the table the last few months. And when I called her, I called at the right moment because now she needed a break from the dissertation and said cooking would be just what she needed. And at Chinese church last Sunday, she asked for help. And four different people who work in restaurants, who worship here in this place, stayed and with Wendy created the most delicious fried turkey you've ever tasted. And between that delicious ham and the turkey, 57 people were fed and every bit of food was consumed and then Alona Faust dusted off her ELL skills which she developed over 15 years of community ELL classes and led her first ever evening English language class for RCHP for something like 47 students. All stayed and signed up for immigration legal appointments. Salvation is near at hand. The day is dawning. Light is breaking in from heaven as numerous people on Sunday utilize their unique tool belts from the light, implementing them so that daytime might be realized for neighbor after neighbor after neighbor. And all of that table stuff was going on without any of the pastors of this church present. Pastor Terry was running youth group at the same time and the rest of us were off at the interfaith service With a lot of church members and members of 13 interfaith congregations building community around the theme of gratitude to god we were there developing and strengthening tools of listening appreciation and shared connection with the most high tools that are developed from the light and we were closer to salvation the other night than when we became believers thanks pastor stephanie (laughs) friends of god I i know the time is near For I see us utilizing tools from the light, the light of the almighty God and the risen ascended Christ who is out in front of us and now rushing back our direction and the day is dawning as we use them. We cannot be exactly sure what Paul meant by salvation is nearer now. But for us in these days, I don't find it helpful for nearer now to be understood as a commentary on the closeness or distance of Christ's arrival in past chronological moments in history. To say nearer now is is not to make a judgment statement about anybody ever in the past, like we're somehow better and closer. But it is instead to state with appropriate enthusiasm that something is happening. Things are animated and alive. I can feel it. Light is coming. Salvation is being experienced. And I hope, friends, that, that people throughout time have been able to say it like the Apostle Paul did to his first disciples. And like Elmira said it earlier, and like I'm saying it now, Christ is coming Indeed, there are, of course, other ways each day that we're reminded that the night is still pretty thick. Sometimes the world chooses, as Paul says, to revel in debauchery, jealousy, and quarreling, and those things can get to the place of war and every other horrible, gigantic mess, of course. Sometimes the darkness is so heavy it it feels hard to get even the smallest candle lit. Last week, we were reminded that salvation has not yet come and that the night is not yet gone as three college students at the University of Virginia, football players, were shot and killed as one slept and two sat on a bus having just returned from a day-long field trip. Last Saturday night, while LGBTQ friends were enjoying daylight in the night with safety and good friends at a nightclub in Colorado Springs, darkness rushed in upon them in the form of bullets that pierced the night and took five lives, injured dozens, and created untold trauma, especially for the transgender community. And this week, while the night shift started at Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia, six workers, ages 16 to 70, lost their lives to a co-worker who had purchased a gun just hours before. And in Washington, D.C., and in cities across our nation, death by bullets continued to soar. It might be... The most violent year, or at least the second most violent year in our history, last year being even slightly more. But on this first Sunday in Advent, while armor might actually feel like the only appropriate instrument needed to protect the bodies of those who are under attack by bullets... I want to highlight that in these places of trauma and despair, there are other tools, other instruments, other oplon that are being developed from the dawning day and from a world of increasing and for a world of increasing light. When we are flooded with despair, let us not look to the despairing for guidance, but to the hurting, hopeful ones, and they are there. And if we cannot find them within our own immediate community, let us remember that Christ is nearer now, not just for those we know or who we are connected to, but Christ is nearer for some who are closer to a particular darkness and who are therefore also more ready and attentive recipients and developers of tools of light. Let us look to those who are creating tools for implementing light regarding gun violence and try to see what is hopeful and right. So the day is closer now, dear friends, than when we became believers. I read a column this week by Metro columnist Teresa Vargas of the Washington Post. She was writing in response to an article that had been written a few days prior that was touting the city of Washington DC's new effort to combat violent crime in the city. The administration and police department had come up with a list of 230 D.C. residents that they thought, quote, most likely to commit a violent crime. And they were renaming these 230 people, people of promise, and they were pouring resources into all forms of support around mental health, housing, resources, etc. On one level, it was innovative and creative and definitely a new approach. It involved a lot of unlearning and relearning by city officials. But according to Vargas, on the streets, so far anyway, this new program was mocked and called the hit list. Vargas writes, distrust of the police and governmental officials runs deep in some city neighborhoods for good reason. But she says that is why it makes another lesser known initiative in the city that has been put in place intriguing. And she spends the rest of her article telling about this other more intriguing model in her mind. She says this new intriguing model doesn't require gaining trust. It comes with trust already built in. In the past year, she writes, DC has given out $600,000 in $5,000 grants to community members to become part of an unseen force of community members who can turn their own ideas for combating gun violence into action. They are moms and fathers and grandparents. They're regular people who come from different neighborhoods with different ideas but share a motivation. They stand to lose the most if the city fails to get gun violence under control. So they're the ones who are getting the resources and their creative ideas are being blessed. The grant program recognizes that within neighborhoods that have been most affected by shootings are residents who have been trying to help but have little resources. And with the money, recipients have created programs that offer job training, gardening lessons, healing sessions, yoga classes, and in one case, a trip to Wall Street, but all born from the community. One grant allowed a group of young men and women to create a documentary about gun violence that left people crying when it was shown recently at a film festival. And when Vargas interviewed Linda Hardley Harper, who's the director of DC Gun Violence Prevention, she described the grants as acknowledging that, quote, the answer to this gun violence is in the communities. We are not the answer. We meaning the government or the the administration. We need to support community members who know their communities. What the answer is in one community is not the same in another. I see each of those grant recipients as further developing their day-made tools, tools offered up from the resurrected Christ who is rushing this way to further encourage them and the communities with salvation. Friends of God, dreaming the new day, the day of God's restoration of all things is rooted deep in our tradition. One of Jesus' favorite prophets, one who clearly informed his own way of developing tools for the inbreaking day of light, was the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah dreamed of a new day. Isaiah said, God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Oh, house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of God. Beating swords into plowshares, transforming spears into pruning hooks. Creativity that comes from being hurt and having hope and believing in a loving God, a God of in-breaking light, even when facing the pain of violence and despair. I'm so thankful Isaiah had the idea and then he shared it. Prophetic rethinking can become the creative background for the actual development of new instruments and tools belonging to the new day that is coming. I'm extremely hopeful this Advent, dear friends. Salvation is near and now. I believe it and I see it over and over. The, The number of times every day I get to see people in this place or connected with this place developing tools that were not just born here but we're born from above and we're like filled with light from on high is enough to put me in tears over and over with joy so let's find ways as a whole people of God to dream of a day of salvation and light and let's keep working together on our own tools born from the day of light let's encourage and resource the right people to develop tools informed by the day that is coming that salvation might more fully be realized this day and forevermore Amen.